This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Mike Ross filling in for Dave. Voices of the Walrus airs Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and features readings and commentary from The Walrus Magazine. Producer Don Dickinson is here with us now to tell us about some of this week's articles. Good morning, Don. Hi, Mike. It's unusual seeing you there. (laughs) I know. It's uh, been a while. Great to catch up with you. Um, We're going to begin. This is kind of neat. Last weekend, I took uh, part in the uh, Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer event here in Toronto. It's a day-long road hockey tournament. Uh, They raised uh, $2.6 million at that event for the Canadian uh, Cancer Society and for uh, Princess Margaret uh, Cancer uh, Foundation. And at one point, I was talking to one of the organizers, and this guy walked up and started asking some questions, and... The lady looked at him and said, why do I know you? I, I, I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. And he said, ever watch the great Canadian baking show? That's it. Oh. Uh, so he was a contestant on the fifth season of the great Canadian baking show. So it sort of jumped off the page to me today when it said uh, that's the first article we're going to talk about, which is yeah, a review yeah, yeah. Uh, by uh, Alex Tesser. Uh, the, uh, now, one thing here, the, Alex says that there's a bit of a flaw to the recipe of the show, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, uh, this is this gentleman's opinion, so you have to go with it. Um, basically, he, he's saying that the British show is a huge success, huge success. Uh, and the Canadian show didn't quite tap in to the essence of what made the British so, show a huge success, right? Um, so for those who don't know what, uh, I mean, I, I can't believe that there's people that don't know, but for those who don't know, basically what it is, is over uh, the Great Canadian Baking Show and also the British version, uh, over a course of several weeks, an array of charming regular people with the emphasis on regular compete in challenges that test their skills in different aspects of baking, from simple loaves to busts of celebrities made of cake. I didn't see that one. (laughs) So each episode is divided into three parts. There's a signature bake, a technical challenge, and there's also a showstopper, which is where they can go really nuts with very extravagant bakes. And uh, so the British show has been going on for a while now and has been a huge success. All right. So what makes this the, the, the British version of things, uh, you know, so much, so much better, so much more successful? Okay, well, there's a lot of opinions on this. (laughs) But basically, the show uh, pulls in. Now, I couldn't believe this when I read these stats. One of the UK's most watched series, it attracts 14 million viewers. Wow. Uh, 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that's why that guy's saying it. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, show, right? Uh, but also inspires almost a mania when it comes to fans. Um, there, there's even a, a great British Bake Off musical in the works, <laughs> and uh, it's basically they're passionate about it. Now, there's a lot of different things. Basically, it comes down to the con- the contestants. It's a three-part thing: the contestants, the hosts. And the judges, okay? So this particular article is dealing with the fact that he feels that the contestants aren't tapping into the same um, regularity of of what makes the British show so very, very popular. And also the diversity of, of the British show. In the case of the hosts, I thought it was very interesting because he was saying that you know, the, the Brits um, have a very different sense of, of, of wit, right? And, uh, and, and some of those hosts have been honing, they're, they're pulled from uh, comedy series and whatnot, and they've been honing their comedic skills for a great many years. Right. And they come, they come off with, with really interesting comments just like that, you know? And, of course, the final thing is the judges. Now, you've got... People like Paul Hollywood in the British show, uh, who's uh, I think is absolutely lovely, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so do many of the uh, British fans. But also, um, he he's very um, he's very judgmental. I mean, he he is the essence of judge, right? right? So if he doesn't like something, he's he's really telling it like it is, right? And uh, he's very sparing with his approval, and. This particular article is saying that the Canadian show is just a little too Canadian in that we're just a little too nice. Ah. We do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. Th- those judges, those judges are not coming out and saying, you know what? This is god awful. This is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Are you a baker? Oh, listen, I mean, the occasional pie. I wouldn't call myself a baker. Yeah. Are you? No, no, I, I'm the same thing. I, I, I made a pie, made pumpkin pie. Going to take a crack at apple pie this week for the first time. Uh, when it comes to baking, I think the the biggest success I've had uh, have been uh, some meat pies. Some I've made some quiches. But I mean, those are, those are so, those are like, those are easy baking things, right? Like, it's not like I made my own pie shells. I bought pie shells and I just made the, oh, made well, the filling and threw the filling baking. in. That's not baking. And then I, and I made, baking. and I made cookies. I made uh, shortbread, <laughs> shortbread cookies and peanut butter cookies uh, and, and decorated my own cookies, uh, icing and everything else. So uh, I, I've done that. But yeah, when it comes to, I, I just think back to my grandmother and watching her like roll out the dough and and make her her pie shells and lie, like it was just it was art it really was and it's not my thing not a hobby of mine uh, that's where we're going next uh, for the second article Alicia Sani with this one uh, sought the help of an algorithm to figure out how she could spend spend her free time it made her question her generation's relationship with leisure so. Let's talk a little bit about social media and the, the, the role it played in a millennial search for a hobby. 
Yeah, I, I found this uh, psychologically very interesting, this story, you know, and I was listening to Eliza earlier on when you were chatting with her. Uh, I'm not sure her, of her age, but I think she's the exception to the rule when it comes to millennials because, well, let me start by saying that the author says that in the first several months of the pandemic, I remember, this is a direct quote, I remember calculating the weekly hours I'd saved by not commuting, uh, commuting and asking myself how, how I would use that time more effectively. And naturally, and this is the, 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 the point about the uh, social media and everything, naturally I relied on Instagram <laughs> to help me with my identity crisis and my search for a hobby. I started by aggressively com- completing an adult coloring book while everyone around me made body-shaped candles. And so a lot of these millennials, they're tying in their hobbies with things that they can actually post okay right so it's not necessarily a hobby like you and i uh, of our era would have um although i have i have fallen uh uh uh, to this as well because uh i know when i started doing my paint by numbers during the pandemic which i've always loved i Mm -hmm. I, you know ever since i was a kid uh you know mom used to shove a paint by numbers in front of us at the cottage and keep us quiet for like three hours you know and uh and and then all of a sudden i found myself posting this which i never thought i would do in a million years you know But, I got uh, in, she I, was saying it's tied in. I got into the uh, the adult coloring books too. Um, I, I really enjoyed those. Photography is another one, uh, another thing that, that both my wife and I have both really gotten into. Um, the article uses the term serious leisure. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, so she was uh, actually talked to experts and uh, Robert Stebbins, a professor emeritus of sociology at the University of Calgary, who specializes, believe it or not, in leisure studies. There is such a field. There you go, Mike. Uh, serious leisure, a term he coined, is the systematic pursuit of an activity like rock climbing or singing that usually requires a special skill. In other words, we need to put serious effort into a hobby in order to to reap its rewards over time. Just like we dedicate our time and energy towards a career, committing ourselves to serious leisure activity is one of the keys to achieving a fulfilled life. So he was saying, you know, because of the fact, so you got to, you got to connect the dots here. Yeah. Because of the fact that we're posting these activities, then the emphasis has been upped. All of a sudden, we can't just be, you know, mediocre at these things. We have to be really good at these things because now we're posting them, right, on social media. So then all of a sudden, these things that we would have done just casually in our time without the necessary, without necessarily posting, we are now doing and we want to be really good at it. And that takes work. And millennials, you know, because they're in a different uh, economic uh, uh, era than we were, they don't have that time. They don't have that time to excel at the things that they would that we would have had time to excel at. Right. Come on, Eliza. It's interesting, eh? Come on, Eliza. Get get better at like managing your time, would you? So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's making rugs. I'm over here drawing like cat coloring books and stuff. She's making rugs. I, <laughs> she's doing a lot better than I am. Uh, Don, great to catch up with you. Thank you very much for the preview. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv.
The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.